This call is being recorded. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to another edition of the podcast. I totally blame my name as I'm pulling it up right now. What do we change it? The whole bit, the homely podcast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was it. So I have to follow up on that one a little bit. But here we are again, heading in to week three right here. Once again, I'm not alone here with Josh Levitt. How's it going, man? How's your life returning from COVID? Your experience? <laughs> yeah, um, still, still a little bit tired um, from COVID. Had um, a death in the family last week, so I apologize to everybody. We weren't able to make that happen. I was, or the podcast happened rather. Uh, I was busy dealing with that, but um, yeah. To be honest with you, this last week has just been so nuts with all that. I, I kind of forgot about COVID. Just uh, chalked <laughs> it up to, to you know, personal circumstances but um come to think of it i'm pretty freaking tired so yeah maybe we'll, we'll blame it on covid <laughs> there Let's you do go that. there you go you know and i'm also wondering if we say covid enough times we'll have enough people from the nsa and from big brother listening to our podcast they can really bump up the membership right here so and yeah. yeah speaking of speaking of covid there was another member of the league who had covid that i tried to get on the podcast who, who ghosted me a couple days in a row um, and then I didn't have time to do a, a solo one at the end of the week, but I don't really like to do those last minute anyway. So that's kind of what happened, but it is what it is. So, so yeah, I guess we can just quickly, uh, recap a little bit. You know, I, I was thinking, you know, did we talk about it? We briefly talked about it, BYU in Utah. I, I guess I don't want to rehash that stuff since last time. That was another bitter pill that I had to swallow over the weekend and everything that way. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you have anything you want to say to the league about it. Uh, I think the, the chat was pretty pretty well covered, everything that way. Yeah, that was very therapeutic for me, that conversation. <laughs> um, it's also nice to know that, you know, the, the BYU fans, they are also keeping the last decade plus in mind with yeah. this. Um, the experience is so much different, you know, the Beck to Harline and, yeah. and uh, George open over the middle or whatever the crap. Um those were heartbreakers, not just in the moment, but it felt like you were forced to relive it at, you know, work or at school or wherever you were at, you know, at the right. water cooler, like freaking five, six days a week. <laughs> yeah. And um, this has been, you know, I, I went up to my brother-in-law when I saw him and I gave him a firm handshake and he was like, yeah, it feels good, man. And I said, I bet it does. <laughs> and, um, you know, good riddance to Charlie Brewer. Um, he's out of yeah. here. And, uh, yeah, there's really not much to say about it. Utah sucks this year. Hopefully BYU is good. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, Cam, Cam Rising gives me um, serious Travis Wilson vibes. I feel like he's um, – even though he was a transfer, he at least transferred, you know, after his freshman year there at Texas. And uh, hopefully he can be a Utah man and not be like Charlie Brewer and be a Utah B. So yeah. we're going to try not to swear as much in the podcast so you guys can fill <laughs> in the blank. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well said. Very well said. And it was an interesting, I guess. Um, so former league commissioner Joe Wilcox and I are in pretty constant Utah BYU connection, which is, is pretty normal for our relationship. And um, <clears throat> I was talking to him about it. And I normally every year would kind of rub him a little bit, right? You know, just one of those things um, around, the, around the rivalry game and everything that way. Uh, and it goes both ways, of course. But yeah, I actually texted him. I guess it would have been Sunday morning. Well, for me, yeah. So I stayed up till two thirty my time watching it, which is miserable by itself. And I had to recover 
you know, the next day and reevaluate my life choices. But, um, but yeah, I texted Joe and I was like, man, I, I honestly forgot what this was like. And I don't mean that like in a rude way. It was just like it had been really, it really had been so long since I really like felt one like that, like a, a, the, what it feels like to lose this game. And like you said, yeah, you know, there were a couple points um, in those previous ones, you know, the fourth and 19 game obviously was, you know, a big play. It felt like Utah was going to win. Then there was like a huge last swing at the end, you know, um, the Johnny Harleen one obviously was huge. I was in Honduras for the Max Hall game, so I, I can't really speak much about that one. But that's the thing about this one. I, I told my father-in-law, too. It was like, yeah, BYU came out, and they kind of smacked them, and then Utah never really got in it until, like, the very end, but it never really felt like they were in it anyway. The score just said they were in it. And so, yeah, it was just kind of a bitter one to swallow, but it is what it is. So we don't need to talk about it for the next couple of years. I guess I'll leave it at that. So, so yeah. But anyway, um, moving on to fantasy right here. Um, so I guess quick recap of where everything stands over the last couple of weeks. I know like we didn't really preview week one, um, which I think is fine. And then, yeah, we, we didn't have a chance to preview week two just because, um, like you said, everything with life happened. But I actually kind of like this idea of coming in with kind of a two-game buffer before we start talking about teams because you don't really know anything about anybody. It's, it's just all kind of basing it off you know, off-season hype and everything that way. And it's kind of nice to have a little bit of buffer. So I don't know. I'm just going to ask you, what's your initial thoughts on the first two weeks of the league? Or does anything jump out to you or stand out to you? Yeah, um, I'm really pleased personally with just the overall activity of the league. Oh. You know, um, I know that there was some some discussion when, uh, you know, Jace brought up that everybody sucks with their low ball offers and <laughs> and um, we had some discussion there, and, and I think there was probably a, a, a lot lost in the written word there. Um, yeah. I hope it's trying not to come <laughs> off butt hurt, but just trying to understand, you know, or help him understand at least where maybe some of us were coming from with that. Yeah. But um, but it's good to see that that he's active there, and Danny's been a little bit more involved in the group chat and, and uh, hooking some people up with some some good streaming links. It looks like and. And uh, just just looking through the the transaction summary here, we've had eleven trades take place um, since we last spoke. You know, yeah. on the seventh. So, um, with you know some smaller ones, those are important to you, but but also some 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 pretty big ones that took place. Probably the biggest one being yours. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's 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 been fun. You know, the last two weeks have been fun, and and like I mentioned earlier, you know some. Some life stuff happened to me, and uh, I, ironically enough, I got I got word of that, you know, right in the middle of Monday Night Football, and cooking my family some dinner. And after I had a chance to, to kind of process it for a minute, I sat down and I watched football, and uh, you know, just kind of numb my brain for a little bit, and uh, w- which which was super welcome. So so for me on a personal level, football's been a welcome distraction. And something that I can dive into, and life just seems like maybe it's a little too much in some moments. Yeah. And uh, and the league overall seems like people are engaged, and uh, that's it's all you can really ask for. You know, we we don't believe it or not, we don't actually control how much points these players score. Um, <laughs> I know I have to tell myself that sometimes, um, but we, we do control, you know, how we manipulate our team and our rosters and, and trying to stay out, you know, ahead of the game on things. So um, yeah, overall, just, just really pleased. It's been a fun two weeks. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, just as you were saying that, it's kind of interesting to me. So <clears throat> I mentioned this last week um, at a point, something that, you know, this is like the wide running back, fantasy football league lore right here. Um, speaking of Joseph Wilcox, but something that I always remember Joe doing um, just in like how we got to this point and kind of the transition of everything. But like when we got into college, it was a really interesting, you know, that's when like you probably, yeah, you would have came in around that same era. So basically like when you started, um, it wasn't uncommon that we would pick somebody up that was a little put off by how active the league was, you know, which kind of bothered everybody else. I'm not going to say any names anyway, but you know, we like, you know, it did come up, but you know, some people are busy, you know, obviously that's not the issue. Um, and everything that way, like, we're not saying like, don't like, like pay attention to your family or whatever. If you're going to be in this league, you know, that's not the intention, but, um, but he, what he used to say, or he used to point out, he's like, yeah, everybody has something going on, you know, like, like there's so much stuff always just in general with everybody, you know, everybody's dealing with something in a lot of ways, some worse than other at different times, but it kind of ebbs and flows. And at some point, everybody in the league is dealing with something. And the thing that's nice about the league or the whole purpose of the league is to be a distraction. And that's what we all are kind of looking for is this way to distract ourselves from that kind of stuff. And like you said, this is like a prime example of just how nice it is to kind of like check out a little bit, you know, put everything else aside. And, and just kind of play fantasy football. So it is what it is. But, yeah, it's been a, a interesting two weeks. I guess we'll, we'll kind of mention that. <laughs> I did laugh that uh, – I won't say any names. Somebody texted me um, in, in between week one and week two saying they miss keepers, which is funny to me. You know, like this is the, the first real year of Dynasty, you know, the first non-restart year. And uh, it's kind of a funny reaction. But it is early. You know, there's plenty of time. Play football time up to play, and that's kind of where – um, I'd like to talk now. So I guess we'll talk about the trades. I think that's a big thing to kind of keep track on right here. There are, like you said, a bunch of little ones, which is always good, but um, a couple of big ones, um, one of which included me. So I guess I'll, I'll let you give your thoughts on that, and then I'll react to what you say based on what motive, what, what I did. So what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, well, uh, obviously you're, you're, you're gunning for uh, that QB1 overall type look right and i'm trying to pull it up here so i can get all the pieces and for whatever reason uh, chris herndon just keeps popping up here i think I'm a little further behind. <laughs> um, definitely not the trade that um, that i'm looking for here oh here we go yes so um so you landed christian kirk in addition to kyler murray so uh going for the arizona stack and we'll get into that a little bit uh, when we talk about weekly breakdowns um but you gave up a 2023 20, seconds 2022 20, third and then Joe Burrow, and then um, Terry McLaurin. So um, I, I think we've we've had quite a bit of discussion on this. I think it just kind of depends on on where you're at, and we're in kind of a funky spot as far as where where our league is, right? So it, it seems to me, just in you know keeping track of message boards and and trade calculators and and all that stuff, and, and trying to gather some resources and, and getting an edge and seeing what other people are doing. I think a, a 14 team, 14 team league is um, somewhat unique, not super unique, but it's somewhat yeah. unique. I think a lot of leagues are out there operating with 10 and 12. So with us being a one QB league, but then considering the 14 team teams, you know, the value of a stud quarterback, and I think you've done some deep dives on this and it's probably that your motivation between, you know, behind, um, you know, uh, gunning for those quarterbacks and, and right. taking, you know, um, um, 
Mac attack there and, and the rookie draft and, and all that jazz. Um, so the values in kind of this no man's land somewhere in between. So really the beauty is kind of in the eye of the beholder here, how much that's important to them. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of tough to, to evaluate that trade. I mean, for me personally, and looking where your team is at, I probably wouldn't have done that. In fact, I was in, in contention a little bit there with, for Kyler Murray as well. Not entirely sure why, um, cause I'm happy with Lamar, but, uh, can definitely see maybe, um, a lot more, you know, a bit more arm talent in Kyler Murray. So maybe I thought it was a, a safer play there. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's it's kind of a to be determined there. Um, I like the value that Jason was able to get back, and uh, I know I for sure was wasn't willing to to quite give up that much. Um, but we'll we'll see where where the chips fall, man. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and like you said, so <clears throat> um, I guess yeah, my own motivation for it. So I didn't actually plan on. Well, I guess so. Yeah, Jason put him on put Kyler Murray on the block. Um, is what started it. I know, yeah, you had already been talking to him about it, and maybe that's what motivated him to put it on the block just to see what else is there, which is a good practice, by the way, FYI league. You know, something we talked about in, in previous years. You know, that's something that um, I think a lot of people would prefer, you know, to, to know if somebody's being discussed or is available um, to be able to know that without, you know, individually asking. So, yeah, just saying good on Jason for doing that. Yeah, um, let me... Sorry, let me interject on that a little bit. And I don't know why I feel the impression to share this because I should definitely keep <laughs> it to myself. But I I will tell you guys, I love nothing more than to have a captive audience when it comes to trading because then you're not bidding against someone else, right? Yeah. So, gosh, I really shouldn't say it, but I agree. <laughs> like a thousand percent, I agree. I think that I've maybe traded one or two guys without putting them on the block. And Richens always gives me a hard time with his stupid little emojis or whatever he does yeah. <laughs> on there, um, which pisses me off because I'm like, dude, you're manipulating the value, you know, in my weird yeah. mind of mine. But anyways, um, yes, that is an excellent practice. People should probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. And Sorry you know, to interrupt. Oh, no, it's good. Yeah, because that even came about, um, I guess, it, like, I'm thinking back to the Slack days. Um is it, you know, we've always been a very trade happy league in general, you know, it's, we've discussed that before. And a lot of times, like, yeah, because of that, I think everybody is pretty willing to engage in trades with everybody else as far as like actually completing a trade. Like, I, I think we've all pretty much traded with at least the majority of the league, if not all the league, depending on who you are. Um, <clears throat> and that's the thing that like kind of sticks out to me is like, uh, or what's in years previous, you know, when like, like, you know, not to say Tyler's a trade rapist, but or to throw him under the bus. But on those trades that get the whole league riled up and makes everybody mad, normally the thing is, I would give you so much more of that player if I knew he was available. And that's mm -hmm. like the common consensus of everybody. So if that's the case, why not tell everybody that he's available? Anyway, yeah, that's the whole point. So like you said, yeah, it is really good for for yourself and for the league in general, just to kind of know that. But uh, so yeah, so Jason puts him on the trade block. And last year, um, after my team was kind of like really out of it, uh, trying to figure out what I was going to do, I kind of, like you said, you, there's a lot of there's a lot of information out there, you know, as far as like ideas and, and like you know, like you said, trade calculators and rankings and ratings and everything's like that. And then like 
you know, a lot of different stats and projections and different things that way, just from all over the place. And they're, they're all useful and beneficial. I, I'm not going to say they're not useful, but there is a component to it that is a little bit skewed, I think, in our league. Like you said, there's 14 people. Obviously, not every league deals with IDPs as well because that's a whole nother, another dynamic to it that it's not as mainstream. It's getting more popular, but not as mainstream. And then, obviously, we have a very unique scoring system that has been kind of like tinkered with over the years. Like this has kind of been a, a long process to kind of get to where we are today. You know, and even like this weekend, you you mentioned to me um, in the league sources that uh, QB hits has been a nice addition. I think everybody would, would agree on that. It is nice to have kind of the defensive lineman upped a little bit because, you know, years previous, that was kind of just like a dead position unless you had like five guys, you know. And so it's kind of nice to have that little bump to kind of add value. Um, in our league, because, yeah, the whole point of this is that our league is very large and saturated that way so it's kind of nice to be able to add value in different ways and, and kind of look for things different ways that way but uh anyway back to my main point so when i was sucking yeah i uh was looking up just some league history stuff and i noticed personally that i'm pretty sure it was all i don't i, don't, I probably should have planned this in advance before i brought it up but it was uh every champion that we've had except for like two one or two if not all of them um had a top five quarterback that year and so that just really jumped out to me you know like there were different teams that had um you know brad's team the year brad won the second time um he had andrew luck when andrew luck was you know unreal and then he had a terrible terrible roster and then a, like a really good idp team um and yeah even brad was i remember we talked about it last year and even brad was surprised at how bad his roster looked for being the champion <laughs> you know and it's just kind of funny so anyway as far as like how why running backs works is just like yeah i think in our league it goes a long ways and i talked about it last year too kind of like why people like dalvin cook um and cmc are so valuable is because they pull so much weight themselves they really cover a lot of like bad positions and so because our league's so big and so many players are played every week um you'll like especially as the season goes on you'll get the guys that are maybe get like five points a week you know and you're hoping for you know three or three to five um if you're in a, if you're in a bind and everything that way so having these guys that can go out and get you like you know 30 to 40 points every single week really ups your ups the overall value of our team a lot and Kyler murray um is somebody that i'm hoping will do that so that's kind of what my thought process is that way but yeah i've had multiple people multiple people tell me um i overpaid which is, I guess, good for Jason. I will say, I didn't plan on trading Scary Terry. That was like one of the the real guy that I didn't think I was going to trade at any point. Um, just kind of with how my team is set up. Uh, but yeah, the Ryan Fitzpatrick stuff really kind of was what pushed me over the edge. And then, yeah, Heineke comes out and just four-speed Scary Terry and makes me reevaluate that decision. But it's what it is, you know. I guess we'll kind of see as it goes as time goes on. Obviously, like you said, it's a new trade. Um, and yeah, all we can do is just watch it as time goes on so anyway anything else you want to add to that one or we can talk about the next trade right here yeah let's um let's move into the next one let's go on to to jay and maxwell's trade yeah um there were a lot of a lot of comments talking about how even this one was um maybe after after last night maybe <laughs> that's why i was laughing yeah <laughs> maybe this um tips into to jay's favor a little bit because one thing that's just phenomenal about aaron jones and that offense is he'll you know this this is his second time having four touchdowns like that's just yeah. nuts so man like yeah. that's crazy so 
he can he can just pop off. So what the trade was was uh, Maxwell sent Jay, uh, Adam Thielen, Aaron Jones, and Tyson Williams, um, and he got Chris Carson and Fred Warner, you know, in return. Um, and you know, good return for Maxwell. You know, Carson, he's kind of one of those guys that's like constantly always delivers, you know, when he's healthy. Yeah. And even that, he's probably, you know, he's probably healthier more than than people give him credit for. But he's a solid, like solid top end RB two, like no complaints there. Uh, back end RB one. And uh Fred Warner, Fred Warner's Fred Warner, as much as I wish he wasn't good, he does rack up a lot of points. <laughs> so yeah. um solid there. But Adam Thielen, you know, he's an underrated piece. He's consistent, you know, Owning Justin Jefferson has been great, but Adam Thielen is still a pain in my rear end because he's just so, so much targeted in the red zone, man. Like, I think this last game, he only had like 30 something yards, but he got a touchdown. So double digit points, um, pretty much automatic for him. Talked about Aaron Jones, Tyson Williams seems to, he looks pretty good. You know, they've added all these dudes, but yeah, he's, he seems to, to get the majority of those touches. You know, he'll never be like the bell cow, but. Um, really good flex play there. So for me personally, I'd probably tip the scales toward Jay. I'm sure there's a lot of recency bias with Aaron Jones going off for nearly 40 points, but um, Jay's got a pretty scary team um, with those added assets and that extra depth. And ultimately, you know, linebackers are one thing, you know, one injury takes place and and there's a guy available on waivers that, you know, is, is just a guy, but, you know, he'll grab you 13, 14 points a week potentially. Yeah. Um, at that linebacker spot. So a little bit more replaceable than, than um, some of the, you know, the two running backs that Jay got. So I'd say he won that deal. Yeah. And yeah, it's an interesting deal. You know, like uh, I was thinking too, looking at it from a dynasty dynasty perspective, you know, a lot of people have kind of been wondering about Aaron Jones longevity because of, you know, volume wise, he gets so much. And then obviously Tyson Williams is an interesting one just because the Ravens are interesting. You know, you got JK Dobbins was supposed to be huge as I'm sure you're well aware um yeah and then, yeah and then uh gus edwards too you know was pretty hyped up even before jk dobbins came in and then um yeah one thing led to another and then here we are and there's a oh yeah justice hill you know was a lot of people thought he was going to be the one that 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 took over this because williams is a rookie um but yeah Tyson williams he kind of came out of nowhere too and you know which is funny that we've already talked about byu and stuff but yeah it's there's two byu guys in this trade but um that's just the the thing that yeah jumps out to me is just like you know with him is like how long term or how much how long is Williams going to be relevant you know it's like because yeah if everybody gets healthy next year what's going to happen to him you know what is this going to turn into like the 49ers thing where there's too many cooks in the kitchen and you can't really rely on anybody unless there's a bunch of injuries you know and so so yeah I see why Maxwell would want to get somebody like Chris Carson you know out of that and yeah well like you said Warner you know, as long as he stays healthy, there's some consistency, at least in having one of the top linebackers, um, as you mentioned. Um, and yeah, Thielen, he's definitely at the, at the end right here. So who knows how much longer he's going to play. So as far as like a long-term asset, he's definitely not that. And so, so yeah, it'll be interesting. But yeah, the, the immediate reaction is that Jay definitely won that trade and it puts Jay in a very good position. So that's, that's a good way to transition um, into next week right here as we, Go to the matchups. Um, real, real quick. Yeah. There's yeah. one more trait. It'll be super brief. 
I want to give Brad a hard time for jumping on Elijah Mitchell already. Gave up a first to Strom. I feel like Strom played him. We'll see how it turns out. But, I mean, the guy's already banged up. I don't know what, you know, that trainer is getting paid there in in uh, San Francisco with those running backs. They're constantly hurt. They're almost as bad as Baltimore. Yeah. But um, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. I think Strom, he just turned a, a third-round pick. You know, I think he took him in the, like the middle or end of the third um, and flipped it to a future first. And uh, I think that was a really savvy move. We'll see how it turns out. But I don't know, Brad. I think I, it's not like you, Brad, to get super emotional and make deals based on that. <laughs> make a nudge, nudge. But um, I think I think he may have gotten had, bro. Yeah, yeah pretty good deal for Strom. I thought the same thing. So kind of jumps out a little bit. But, yeah. This is another one of those things that gotta add time to it, and yeah, Mostert may even be back like before the end of the year. So I mean, I don't know how back he'll be, but it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, it's just yeah, they're just one of those teams that are, like there's not a clear cut RB one. It feels like ever, you know. So at least yep. they have so many. So yeah. Anyway, so moving on right here. Um, I guess we'll just dive in. Um, I'm gonna talk about yours first. Well, yeah. Speaking of Strom, you and Strom. So lining up this week, um, this is kind of interesting. So that, like you mentioned last week, it kind of feels like the league's kind of split into um, the haves and the have-nots. and Or the first week, yeah. And it feels like, yeah, through two weeks, you can definitely see that because there's a couple teams um, that have really jumped up um, immediately, or at least, you know, Jay's team, I was, I'd say, is there now when he wasn't in the first week. Um, but are really, you know, over scoring over 200 points scores <clears throat> and you and strom are both one of those and so and yeah now you're going you know head on each other so i guess that what i want to ask you know as i look at it strom team is really good obviously defending league champion he's got some good pieces you know and it kind of put himself in a good position to um stay competitive he, he has like no picks moving forward so it is nice that he got something out of brad um but at the same time your team obviously we've put you know, put your team under a magnifying glass just for the sake of this kind of almost experiment kind of thing. And I have a question for you, given the events of the week and how you feel about Mr. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. And what you have to say about him. <laughs> oh man, you would. <laughs> Jordan salt in the wound Jacobson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, obviously, God, how much to disclose here? <laughs> you know, I have a lot of faith in CEH pulling it out. And if anybody wants him, let me know. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. That offense is just so powerful. And, and um, you know, he's got a lot of potential in that offense. But um, he yeah. uh, he's available. He, yeah. He's available. If anybody – yeah, let's let's talk, guys. Let's talk. Uh, we don't need to talk about that. Get into the matchup. Right now. <laughs> we don't need to talk about CEH right now. I was having a good day. It's been a good day so far. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what well, that's you know also part of the matchup because that's that's you know going to be an interesting thing right here. Is he has a favorable matchup against the Chargers, battle of the running backs right there since Strom relies on Eckler so much, um, and yeah, basically with these kind of games, as I look at it, you know, as far as like, uh, <clears throat> oh yeah, speaking of Joe just texting me asking if I'm sad about the Charlie Brewer news, so that, yeah, that goes about where we're, we're at with this stuff. But what um, kind of a stupid question is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I don't. Wow. I don't think anybody feels bad about this. That is a Utah fan. Maybe he's wow. sad because you know if he could, you know, figure out more ways to watch Utah suffer. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, um, 
but yeah, you know, I just kind of look at this. I was just looking at Waller and Kittle. You know, it was a nice, fun matchup to have. You know, Waller's been huge. Kittle's been a disappointment this year, but Waller's been something big to watch. Russell Wilson versus Lamar Jackson. Um, yeah, I guess I don't even have a prediction for this one as I as I look at it, other than I'm just really intrigued to see how it goes, just because of, like, you know, this is should be a very high-powered game. Obviously, because I said that, I'm sure you're both going to underperform, and whoever grinds out, like, a 180-point win is going to is gonna walk away with this one, but... But yeah, that's how that's how I feel about it. So it should be an interesting one. Yeah, your turn. <laughs> yeah. Or I don't know if you have anything to say about it. Yeah, it's a toss up for sure. You know, who whoever has some players that go off for, for some big games, you know. We'll yeah. see. I look forward to the banter. Strom is a, a gentleman and a scholar. And uh I hope I, I really beat that ass. You know, we'll see. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's dive into um, Danny's matchup here with um, Maxwell really quick. We'll touch up on that. Um, so both these guys are one and one heading into their matchup here. Uh, Danny has quite the quarterback conundrum on his hands. You know, he's got three of them, you know, between Jameis, Tua, and, and Teddy Bridgewater. And uh, might be tough to figure out which one to start because so far he's, he's kind of 0 for 2 on that front. So. <laughs> Um, so we'll see. So if, if he can pick the right guy this time around, I think he might have a, a, a fighting chance, you know, Landon, he's just, he's loaded at running back. You know, it's pretty wild to think about, you know, he gave up, you know, Aaron Jones and Tyson Williams and only got one running back in return. And he's still, you know, it's obvious why he made a move like that. Cause he was just loaded at the position. Yeah. Can't go wrong with Nick Chubb and Carson and Montgomery and your flex. That's, um, super solid. Um, so yeah. that's going to be hard for, for Danny to go up against and, and how Cooper cup has has benefited from the quarterback switch to Matt Stafford. Holy shnikes. <laughs> I, uh, I, I helped my wife with a, a, a redraft in like her work league. And, uh, there was one round that came and it's like, I don't like anybody here. And like, I panic picked Cooper cup and I literally lost sleep over it that night. I was like, Oh, I should have taken <laughs> someone else. But um, I'm pretty sure Maxwell's pretty freaking stoked that Cooper cup is on his team. So um, yeah. So, but, but keep an eye on Maxwell, maybe making a, a move at wide receiver. He's only got two on his bench and uh, Jarvis Landry was just placed on IR today. Uh, so he'll be out for the next couple of weeks. So, um, anybody that's got some extra wide receivers, maybe hit up uh, Maxwell. Maybe there'd be a, a, a deal in the works there. But um, I love Danny, but uh, Maxwell's just got a really solid team. Uh, Aaron Rodgers woke up last night, and uh, he's at San Francisco. And if there's one thing anybody knows about Aaron Rodgers is that the dude does not let go of grudges. So <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's going to go to San Fran and I – you know, their general manager, you know, four GMs ago made the wrong choice. <laughs> so, so I'm taking Maxwell on this one. Yeah, yeah, seems to be the consensus. And, you know, at least Danny's got <clears throat> Adams, you know, to survive the onslaught a little bit. But, yeah, like you said, just look, looking at it across the board, uh, Maxwell's pretty solid. You know, speaking of the has, has nots, <clears throat> um, even after this trade, yeah, he's still, he's still one of the better teams. So even though it feels like he may have lost that trade, but, yeah, he's definitely got a lot of really good pieces. Um so, yeah, we'll see with them. So, moving on right here, Richens versus Devin. And this one's interesting to me because Devin's team is interesting to me. So, Richens has been um, an interesting team by itself. Obviously, Richens makes a lot of moves and is co- almost constantly tinkering and moving, which is, you know, that is what it is. But all are aware of that. Um, and he's landed himself with some good pieces. We probably maybe should have talked about his trade with Jace just because, speaking of Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford 
low-key sleeper mm-hmm. and my top five QB theory, you know, Matt Stafford is actually one of the guys that I thought would be the one I would go after. Um, Jace can, can verify this. I have been asking for Stafford probably over a year, probably since I found that out. I was asking for Stafford when he, when he was even on the Lions and then definitely really ramped it up after he got traded um, to the Rams. And I think even Jay said, yeah, I could probably trade him to you. Let me look what, a little bit later, like the week of the trade to the Lions or to the Rams. Um, yeah, so that was disappointing. Then he didn't want to trade him as, as eagerly that <laughs> after that. Um, so, yeah, I was a little surprised that, he, that, that Tyler got him from him. Um, and yeah, Tyler definitely is reaping the benefits and his team is a little, little different. You know, he's got Jonathan Taylor and then a lot of like interesting guys. Um, you know, Deontay Johnson, he was somebody, you know, he got from you, you know, obviously there's a lot of mouths to feed in in Pittsburgh and big Ben Ben has been very inconsistent, um, the last couple of years. So that kind of makes it interesting, but at the same time, he's a really good player to have when he's on, um, Antonio Brown, some kind of thing. You know, week one he was amazing. Week two he was he, he was nowhere because there's so many people in in Tampa Bay. Um, and yeah, same kind of thing with Chenault. You know, everything that they have going on in Jacksonville. So it's just kind of these boomer bust guys. And when they boom, Tyler's team looks amazing. When they bust, it looks like he's he could be could struggle. Um, but his tinkering has helped a little bit. And what's interesting to me is that Devin's team has been so bad um, this year. So obviously <clears throat> he was the lowest scorer in week one, which I thought was crazy. Um, and then last week, yeah, he got a win, but yeah, only because Danny dad had a really bad week. Um, and he's got some good guys, you know, I thought, um, Damian Harris was going to be like a sleeper guy this year. And it's kind of proved to be so a little bit just with, with, with time. I think even with more time, it's going to jump out. And then everybody was kind of hoping for Zeke to kind of bounce back. He, you know, did a little bit this week, but hasn't, um, been you know typical Zeke and same thing with like Robert Woods you know we still got you know Stafford and that Stafford change but yeah it just hasn't really worked out um for Devin and it doesn't make sense because yeah I would have I would have pegged him in like before week one as an actual title title contender um and yeah he just hasn't done it yet so I don't know if you have any thoughts on that yeah I think you're spot on man um Devin just has a handful of dudes that are underachieving that like last year were phenomenal like Robert Woods, like you mentioned, he's like a top-end wide receiver, too, that um, seems to be consistently undervalued. You know, and Robbie Anderson, his tar- you know, his he's not getting those deep targets like he did last year. I don't know why they decided to, to flip that between him and DJ Moore. It's been yeah. kind of interesting following that since I have DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall there. Um, but um, I'm, I'm happy to see that that's the case, but he's only got nine targets through two games, and and uh, that's no bueno. Whereas last year he he blew up and it was big for him. And and uh, Goddard, you know, he's losing um, a lot of you know. I think he's not running as many routes as Zach Ertz, uh, if I if I understood that correctly, which is kind of crazy to think about. So he was a big breakout candidate. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, Ertz didn't get moved. I, I thought for sure he'd get traded. So he's got a really solid defense. Um, he should be good. I'm sure that if he just sticks it out. He'll be all right. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's he's made a couple of moves that, um, you know, that just haven't quite worked out for him. You know, um, flipping, um, you know, King Henry for Travis Etienne, you know, that yeah. really hurts. Oh, yeah. And uh, doesn't really have much to show for it. You know, Owosu Koromoa or whatever. Um, I really like his talent, but he's not really seeing a ton of snaps. So he pretty much gave up Derrick Henry for – nothing that he'll get production for this year 
Yeah. And uh, that's, that's a problem. That's going to be a problem. So it'll be interesting to see what he does to, to kind of correct that moving forward, but he still has enough talent. Like I'd be really surprised if he missed the playoffs. Maybe he pulls a, a, a Tay Tay. It just doesn't quite squeak in um, like last year, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting one. So yeah, quick shift right here, I guess. Yeah. Another um, potentially underperforming team. So Mac, um, did he make the final last year? Who did Strong beat in the final last year? Was it Mac? No, it was Brad. I think Mac made. Um, it was, the, but he was one of the, the quarterfinals. I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, so anyway, yeah. Um, Jay, we've already talked about. It. Speaking of QB theory and sleeper QBs, Tom Brady was somebody I thought was going to be really good last year. Um, and last year it was kind of shaky, and probably one. I guess that is the debate. You know, is that one I would I would take back? You know, because I really wanted Brady um, to kind of lead the way last year because I thought he was going to be really good in Tampa Bay. And it was kind of like, man, I think he was like, like QB, I think between 10 and 15. I can't remember what I'm at. But anyway, he is QB one right now. Um, and it looks like he is going for some records. And that is what I was hoping was going to happen last year. And, and yeah, Jay has definitely been a better factor of that. And then speaking of running backs and King Henry, you know, Jay basically looks like he, like you said, you know, got King Henry for free, which is a huge thing, but he already had um, <laughs> Miles Sanders. And then, yeah, he, with that trade this week, yeah, he's just got a plethora of running backs right here. Um, and, yeah, so Jay's team is in a really good spot, and it'll be really interesting to see how this pans out. But Jay's, yeah, Jay's sitting pretty. Um, and so at the same time, Mac, you know, hasn't won yet. Um, same thing kind of like Devin, you know, has a lot of really good pieces. You know, I really like Sutton. Obviously, I really like Diggs. I really like Mixon. And a lot of people are really high on Hurts too, but it just hasn't hasn't worked out. And yeah, Galladay was supposed to be this huge revelation for the Giants, and it just hasn't really happened yet. You know, obviously he's been injured and stuff too. Um, and yeah, and he's got a really good defense, but yeah, it just hasn't worked out for him. So um, I I'm predicting he's going to lose this week. I think Jay's going to run away with this one just because of the matchup. But I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, you're probably right. I I will say though that. Tom Brady, he could not have asked for a better two games to open the year. Um, you know, with Dallas, that's always going to be a shootout. They got a phenomenal offense, but a, a really poor defense. And Atlanta's just had a horrible defense pretty much since they they blew the Super Bowl there. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how they do against the Rams. But anytime yeah. you you bring a team, a Super Bowl team back, because like in the the salary cap era, you know, typically the those teams that do really well, especially the ones that win the Super Bowl, you know, a lot of their top end talent, the ones that are available on the free agent market, like those dudes just get pilfered. And and uh, Tom Brady didn't just bring his his uh, his talent there to Tampa Bay, but um, whatever juju he's got, man, like it's uh, pretty phenomenal that they could bring back. I, I'm, to my understanding, tell me if I'm wrong, but didn't they bring back every starter on both offense and defense? Yeah, and all the coaches, and yeah, that was a thing because yeah. of like the modified schedule, and then making the Super Bowl. I remember seeing a thing on this: is there was no time for other teams to kind of like snipe their players, and so yeah, they just basically brought everybody back by default because there was nobody else to or nowhere else to go because of the modified schedule and everything that way. So, yeah, which I think is like the only time that's happened since like 1970 or something crazy. So, interesting, just interesting. But anyway, um, if you want to feel better about yourself, look up Jay's wide receivers too, because you know he's him and Maxwell. You know, speaking of him and Maxwell, Jay has 
um, I think four IR receivers right now on his team. So, uh, but yeah, so I guess that's mm. why he probably is Thielen. But, but yeah, his team could be even better down the road, which is yeah, good for Jay, I guess. You know, you suck, Jay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> He's got a scary uh, team. He's got yeah. a. I'm yeah. I'm afraid of Jay's team. You know, I don't want to play him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's transition over to um, to your matchup with Jace here. Um, you know, I think Jace has a a solid team from from top to bottom. You know, um, he's got big time unexpected IDP boosts from Justin Reed and Nick Vigil. You know, those two guys. You know, Reed's always kind of been like a you know, DB two, DB three type guy, and, and he's really really perform for him and, and Nick Vigil, you know, um, subbing in there in Minnesota for uh, what's his face. Who's injured. Um, I think he's like yeah. the yeah. set. Yeah. I think he's like the LB two overall right now. Yeah. Which is just, little, yeah. With this interception or fumble return, one of them. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. So, I mean, he's scored 19.5 and 25 points. Oh. That's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. sweet from, from a guy that, uh, you know, should have been available on the waiver wire, you know, three yeah. weeks ago. I think he carried him over from last year, but, but, uh, still he doesn't start unless there's an injury and to get that performance is, is just pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty awesome, pretty awesome, pretty lucky. And then he's also got, you know, Buckner, Martinez, Jesse Bates, you know, all those studs. So, and that's on top of, his uh his Dallas stack and then he's got Dalvin Cook to boot so yeah um he's he's got a phenomenal team um so I uh I would say you're the underdog (laughs) Jordan um however however I mentioned the the AZ stack earlier you know um as we saw in week one they've got phenomenal potential to rack up points and you they are playing Jacksonville this week and Jacksonville just hemorrhages on defense so um so i think you've got a you've got an outside shot at an upset upset here um because jace has amari cooper obviously as part of his his dallas stack um however he's questionable heading into monday night so um we'll see what happens with that you know maybe if he gets a, a late inactive and yeah, you know haven't scoured his bench, but uh, yeah, he doesn't have anybody else playing Monday, so maybe he gets caught with his pants down a little bit there, yeah. and, and uh, yeah. takes a goose egg, and and um, and uh, maybe you get a chance to to sneak in there and uh, snag a victory, you know. But um, barring anything crazy happening like that, I, I think Jace is um, he's a juggernaut right now, so I don't think many of us could be favored to be him at this point. Yeah, that's what's yeah interesting. Obviously, yeah, like I already mentioned with Dalvin Cook, he's a I I mean referred to him on previous podcasts as league winners. You know, people that he can just carry. I mean, they basically that's what he did last year with Jace when he carried Jace's team by itself. Um, yeah, and Jace held Dak Prescott all last year, and it looks like that has definitely paid dividends. Um, took a little bit, and yeah, like you said, he's definitely got a lot of firepower right now. So I have very low expectations, but I also have very low expectations in general for this year, and I'll be pleasantly surprised if i get any victories so uh, i'm just gonna put that out there right now you know anyway we'll see how it goes <laughs> but uh anyway wrapping it up game of the week right here two titans two uh, original members i'm pretty sure taylor's an original member but uh um speaking of stacks we got the chief stack and then you know we got brad coming in who's, who's actually been pretty good okay um lost a close one to jason this weekend um they really came down to the final play, which is one of those funny things, you know, speaking of yesterday, um, literally like Monday, 
the you know last play of the Lions drive. Um, Goff throws an interception to I don't even know the guy's name, but um, it was Jason's linebacker that he had playing in the game, and that was the difference maker between Brad and Jason. So funny, just funny. War revolves around our fantasy league, and the, yeah, came right down to the, to the last play. But what are your thoughts on this one? As this one seems to be like it'll be a fun watch match to watch this weekend too. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. You know, um, not just because of the players on their respective teams, but because um, the mouths that are on these two fellas. You know, yeah. like there's going to be some good banter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're both pretty evenly matched. You know, um, Tay's team is is a bit more top heavy. You know, with that KC triple stack, um, and they had a bit of a down week. Well, I guess more or less. Um, Tyreek had a bit of a down week, you know, by his standards or by any standard really against Baltimore. So um, if there's anything we know about that team is, is, I don't, I don't think you can keep them down two games in a row. So look for Tyreek to possibly have one of those like insane stat lines where he's got caught like seven balls and has like 278 yards and four touchdowns or something ungodly. Um, and you know, Brad has a bit of a tough decision there, um, on who to start in his flex, you know, how banged up is Elijah Mitchell? I don't know. Um, you know, does he go with Kenyon Drake who should be getting more touches with Jacobs, you know, likely out, but Kenyon Drake kind of just is not good at football. So maybe (laughs) (laughs) that's not the route to go. Maybe he goes with Rondell Moore, you know, hopping on that, um, Arizona Cardinals bandwagon there i don't know so it'll be tough so that's one thing to keep an eye on if he makes the wrong choice there um that could have the potential to um you know be a heel in the end zone um for his team potentially and uh so i don't know man it's a toss-up um i will say though i'm pretty sure i have taylor's first round pick this year so i'm gonna go ahead and pick (laughs) what would be doing me a favor and uh, Brad a hundred percent is going to win this matchup. <laughs> nice, Mark it nice. down. I personally, I admire your analysis. I do not agree. I think Taylor runs away with this one. Um, and actually kind of like I was, you know, thinking of it, I, I don't watch ESPN very much anymore um, for multiple reasons. I, I think that's probably a general consensus for most of our league, but I think it is interesting. Um, what I have seen this week is just a whole bunch of Ravens talk and everybody talking about how good the Ravens are and how great Lamar Jackson is and how impressive it was that they beat the Chiefs and they did this against the Chiefs. And I would not be surprised in the age of social media as an armchair analyst right here if the Chiefs come out and just really want to send a message about you know where they stand with everything. And I just would not be surprised if they just really blow up the scoreboard. And that is why I'm picking Taylor this weekend because I think this is going to be a reverse statement game where they're going to come out and kind of try and rewrite the story or the narrative that's already going around their team, whether it's true or not, you know, but, that, but yeah, what's being said through the channels is not flattering to the chiefs. And I think they they may, may do something about it. So, but anyway, so that wraps up this week. Um, best of luck to everybody. I don't know if you have anything else you'd like to say as we wrap it up right here, we're trying to give these around 30 minutes. Obviously we like discussion and have a lot to discuss. So apologies if it goes over like this one has, but we're trying to do a little better in the future, but uh, but yeah, I don't know if you have anything else you'd like to say to the league. Yeah, um, call your grandparents, chances are they're old, you never know how much time more time you have, so uh, yeah, do that yeah. and uh, <laughs> set your lineup. Yeah, that's all I got. 
So there you go. Words of wisdom right here to wrap up the pod. But best of luck to everybody. Like I said, I'll always I hope everybody loses if that's even possible. But uh you know, yeah, okay. And I guess we'll just pick it up from there. So everybody have a good one. All right, peace.